Welcome to Spinning Out. I'm your host, Josh Robbins. This is a podcast where we talk to artists about their favorite albums. Today, we're talking with Missy of Mannequin Pussy. We talked about Yeah Yeah Yeah's 2003 debut album, Fever to Tell. We also talk about my weird hang-up around the term art punk, how the Strokes are actually a really good band, and how it seems like no artists are really broken anymore by TV, while in the early 2000s we had Buffy, Dawson's Creek, and MTV. And also, is ridiculousness the only thing on MTV these days? Alright, please check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash spinningoutpod. Please rate, review, and subscribe, and follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Okay, now for that, let's chat with Missy. Hey, Missy, how's it going? It's going pretty good. And uh, okay, so today we are talking about Fever to Tell by Yeah, Yeah, Yes. And what yeah. was the first time you remember hearing this record? I was in high school. It was um, when they were playing maps on MTV a lot, like that music video first came out and then that was my my introduction to to that world yeah and what do you feel like you were listening to before that moment or around that time around that time I was listening to certain pop punk bands like some 41 um I liked the red hot chili peppers when I was 15 um but I also really liked the strokes those were like one of my favorite bands too um yeah Alanis Morissette I would say that was kind of like a sprinkling of my there's some fish I listened to Billy Breathe's fish mm. in in high school mm, I, <laughs> man that's I don't know I feel like when I think about like checking a out, lot of different things kind of it was, yeah it was <laughs> um what I think about like music around that like when I was probably around probably around that same age just like thinking about just kind of like whatever stuck like it's just like you didn't know like what a subgenre was like you didn't oh, know yeah. you know, you're just kind of like my ears like this or like yeah you're like this yeah. rocks this doesn't and all the bands I was into like really like rocked and like the AES were different than anything I ever heard at the time that I first heard them yeah I, I feel like I it's like man I want to go more into fish but we <laughs> Like I, I no, you ask, you ask me, you can you can ask me a question about fish if this if you do good. If this okay. interview is good, you can ask me one question about fish later on. All right, we'll and go I'll back be honest. Oh well, because I feel like it's just actually we'll we'll get there. So I'm gonna say right. I'm gonna say ask question about fish. Yeah, remind yourself. Go, yeah, um, if I forget, you know, we'll have to do something. Else. Um, so. Do you know anything, I guess, like, to be honest, I feel like I hadn't listened to this record in its entirety before I talked to you. I've heard Maps a bunch, uh -huh. but I never really sat down and listened to this record, and I don't know why, and I know you- I remember you telling me that. I remember you telling me that, and I thought that was ridiculous. 
I think it's ridiculous too. <laughs> like, not that I want to really compare the two bands because I think it's a different thing, but it, it's not worlds away. But I've listened to La Tigra a bunch in my life and it feels like liking that I should like, I would have liked this. Mm. Yeah, if you had yeah. like put it, yeah, maybe it, yeah. you just didn't know how good their debut record is. There is like a weird time frame when you mention things like the strokes are, um, I mean, the strokes in general, like it's almost like I just had a preconceived notion around that age of like what that scene was. Right. Because right. I didn't like view it as specifically like what I viewed punk at that time. Yeah. yeah. And I guess luckily for you, you didn't have those preconceived notions. Like I feel like I was stuck in like, I guess like fat records, uh, you know, kind of epitaph kind of sound of the time. Everyone I went to high school with was listening to like Jack Johnson, Dispatch, Dave Matthews Band, um, OAR, and I fucking hated that shit. And so like I like I had like maybe two friends who also liked that kind of shit with me, but like we couldn't relate to like 99% of the musical cult. So like when I meet kids who like grew up in cultures like that where like you were a teenager and everyone you knew was listening to punk like that was not my experience like liking rock was this like private weird thing I did growing up do you think that the yeah yeah yeah's ever had to play house shows I bet yeah definitely mm. I'm sure I, they definitely played a lot of like cool weird loft shows and like alternative DIY spaces and um I'm sh- I'm sure that they played I mean but they also like had a pretty quick ascent in terms of bands go because like it's not typical at least today for like a rock band to have uh, a debut album that goes on to sell like a million copies yeah yeah I mean that's what when I was looking at it just like taking notes on it just like this is the first record it's on Interscope you know it's like how does that happen like do you know anything about like the history around it that led to that happening a little bit yeah uh when I think about it though sometimes like when I want to get judgmental is not really the right word but when I think about it I'm like how did they get signed so quick but it's like you know they live in New York City yeah but you know it's like any of the people in the band like let's say like Karen O, like she probably doesn't feel like it was a quick ascent you know I don't I don't know what the history was before that kind of led to that Uh, They had put out like two EPs and had played like a ton of shows around New York City and in the UK. Mm. So they had at that point, they had really by the time they went to put out their debut record, they had really established a groundwork of being like this incredible live band. So Mm. they they had a fan base that they developed for for a while. You know, I I think things people sometimes think that things are quick when you've yeah. never heard of them before but it doesn't mean that person hasn't been working just you know just because you just found out about them doesn't mean that they haven't already been doing this stuff that led them to that that breakthrough do you ever feel do you ever get that and in your band like people seem to think that y'all came out of nowhere even though <laughs> no i think but i think i think i don't think so okay. so you feel like it's <laughs> it's uh they can find out maybe i guess because it might have been harder to find out at that point people's like past bands or you know Mm. what else they did but now it's sort of like I can just google uh your band and figure out like what year you start true true I forget that people can do research now 
<laughs> I guess that wasn't as easy. Yeah, I, I didn't I didn't do research on the bands I was into. I, I think that's kind of like it's cool. It's a very different like culture of fandom. You know exactly the kind of um, high school experience that I tech like technologically. I mean, you know, like there was not a it was not possible for me to like find out a lot of things about the bands I loved. Like the only things I could deduce about them were what they wrote in their records and what their like album art was like, you know, I guess, I guess if you were like a super fan, you could have found like a PO box or something, but I never, I just never experienced like that sort of fandom with artists where. Did you actually own this, like own it physically this album when it came out? Yeah, I had CDs of like all these records. I think the great thing uh, was honestly just like pulling into just kind of like looking at the insert and like figuring out what other bands maybe I should listen to. You know, they would always like think yeah. the thanks list was godsend around this time. You're like excavating for bands. Yeah. Uh, do you think you did you check out any bands because of Yeah, Yeah, Yeah's? Did it lead you in other places? No. Uh, did you yeah. feel like uh, it was like your own special thing liking them based on like what other people in your school liked? I mean, it's it felt like a special thing for my friends that also loved them so much. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I mean, I also grew up outside of the city. So I had a few occasions where I like, could have gone into the city to go see them like very young and it just never worked out. Um, so I have friends who like saw them when we were 15 and hearing back about, you know, their live performance and getting like firsthand accounts of what the show was like. Sounds simple, but I really liked this record when I listened to it. Like I felt like the first time I listened to it, it felt like it was like done right away. And this is like 37 yeah. minute record, which it's I think is yeah, that's pretty like short still a... for that time frame. Mm, you know? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, but I really enjoyed it and I don't like have any like, good words to put along with like how it made me feel I just never felt like anytime I listened to it um it just always felt like it flew by really quick I love when records do that like I don't want a record to feel like laborious to get through yeah Um, like even what is it modern romance being I'm so happy that you liked this record (laughs) as like not having really listened to it before yeah I mean that's kind of been like when I started this podcast, that was the hope that I would kind of experience things that were outside my lane. So it's like a quarantine project in a way. Like, okay, you know, got you. you know, um, sometimes though, people take me to task when they want me to listen to like Fall Out Boy or something, but you know, but I still probably need to be challenged, but I wasn't expecting this to be a challenge. I just honestly didn't know outside of maps you know like what yeah yeah I mean that kind of makes sense like it was their biggest hit by far off the record yeah but also also didn't really I I felt like I honestly didn't even feel like I actually remembered the song maps as like I thought I did (laughs) yeah I because I think that might be because I've heard people cover it like poorly or something Mm because it sounded different in my head if I were to just recall it I see yeah so you want to know something cool about this record when i had it on cd 
was this was um, I think one of the reasons why it is 37 minutes long or 36 minutes long maybe is that this was I hope I'm remembering this correctly um, an album with a secret track like modern romance comes after like a bunch of space on the record and then so like after all like a couple minutes of just nothing you hear like Karen's voice like come back like do 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 and then goes into that super uh that last song and then poor song i'm at, like i'm looking at it spotify right now for the yeah track that's listing. like the deluxe edition i listen to poor song a bunch okay. i would always try and stop it before the four track demos which i did listen to and they're great but i just kind of wanted to know what this record originally was you know mm. so i could you know because it's like talking about like a deluxe edition i feel like kind of gives you like a different idea of a record than they originally intended yeah 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 like it's definitely not exactly how yeah. like how i first first listened to it yeah and did you ever get did you get to see them around this time i i never got to see them during this time no i did not and oh wait are they still a band yes they are okay have you seen them at all ever i saw them for the first time um because we we actually got to open for them in philly oh wow and i don't think they saw our performance at all which i wish they had but um they uh they were so fucking incredible it was like it was one of the best shows i have ever seen and i think part of that feeling is that i truly have waited like yeah i waited like basically 18 years to see them after mm. wanting to because because they didn't they like they are still a band but they haven't put out record a record in years and years so when they play it's only really at festivals mm. and yeah. i tried to see them twice before but both times it like kind of like horrendously failed and yeah. um yeah so getting to open to them and then see them was extremely sweet was that part of a festival or just like a one-off show it was a one-off show that happened in philly that was like yeah goose island that beer company just like put on summer shows of like mm -hmm. four bands in cities um and so i think it was like joey perp mannequin pussy twin peaks and then yeah yeah as, as the the headliner yeah i can always be and i guess i'll i'll speak for you because i know it can be like a weird thing when you get open for uh like a band that you're like idolized for a long time it's it it, can... i will say it has never happened to me this is that opening for the AS was the first time i've ever opened for someone and been like oh my god like i can't believe it's them yeah we've had uh my band late bloomer has had a couple instances and it's been uh so when we got to open for descendants that was like just amazing uh okay and they <laughs> But one of the, and I think it's actually, yeah, I guess I've opened for like bad religion. I just, well, yeah. Counts, but not for you. But no, not for, not for me. For someone else, that would be like their Karen O, but like, that would be, yeah. For me, I only, I only have one, one, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but one of the things, like the singer of Descendants, uh, we got done playing and we were done. He came in, he had a book bag on, like clearly looked like he was not there before. Um, but he came in and he goes, great set. I didn't watch it but everyone told me it was a good set. And I thought that that was like a cooler thing to admit than like some kind of weird, you know, thing. Like I, I, yeah, I think it's better to, yeah. better to be honest. 
Yeah. And yeah, nice. So it, it can be hard because I feel like sometimes it's scary to like open for bands you like because you don't know, but you also don't really know what like that band, I guess, probably had to do that day that might <laughs> lead them to the point of like not watching your set, you know? I mean, but, were they on tour? Uh, they were, they they were on tour like bands of that type do like you know the kind of four they'll kind of fly in do like four shows and oh and word, go word. Back. yeah yeah like, type of thing I guess like I'm just trying to think about like what else was going on around like 2003 of that scene but I guess we were probably you were experiencing it I guess like as a kid so it's kind of hard to know what other bands of the scene you know they're contemporaries of yeah 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 well they i mean at that time in new york city was like um the strokes the white stripes were coming up um interpol was coming up tv on the radio um who else there must have been some others but I, i feel like that was kind of like this you know the new york like indie art punk scene yeah and I, I, I grew up in Connecticut. So like okay. New York City was the, cl- like where I grew up, like had no culture like whatsoever as in terms of music. So like I, I, I was someone who like really looked for the closest city to kind of find things. And at that time, MTV really pushed artists. Like if you look at the, I think it was actually a viral tweet recently that someone posted the, the programming right now for MTV. <laughs> And it's like, it's like literally like eight hours of ridiculous a, a day. And then like followed by like, you know, a few, whatever, whatever the fuck else is on MTV right now, but it has no music. Yeah. But back, back, back in the day, they played music all the time on MTV. And that's how, that's where I discovered most of the bands I was, in, probably all of the bands I was into. I was not someone who was digging at record stores or, you know, using the internet to find, I was just like, whatever MTV that I liked, I liked. (laughs) Yeah, it was, well, when I saw that, when I saw that image, I feel like until you mentioned it to me, I just straight up didn't believe it. And I I know MTV doesn't play music like they used to, but seeing that much of ridiculousness, like, (laughs) was like, I don't even believe this. I think they look like a meme. Yeah, uh, you know what? I did not fact check that tweet. I don't know. Yeah, that might not be true. Because I mean, I feel like everyone's always saying that ridiculousness (laughs) is the only thing. So I've never seen it visually. Um, I'm going to say that I'm going to fact check it after we talk. Um, I don't know how I even fact check it. But what is interesting, though, is, I mean, exactly what you're saying. But even thinking about like, I don't know, like Buffy the Vampire Slayer, like, there's so many bands that are showcased and like I recently watched the whole series in like three weeks which was a crazy undertaking uh but there's so many bands that were being like brought up that way or like other shows like Dawson's Creek and whatnot I have credited the Buffy theme song as being like the reason why I like guitar-based rock yeah (laughs) Uh, I mean that's the genesis for me it was like I heard that and I was like yes I just want guitars but when I think about that like I don't know One Tree Hill even or you know Dawson's Creek like so many shows like had music on it and uh, like Catfish has little snippets but you know like there's like commercial music now it's not yeah 
Yeah, they're not they're not playing music videos on MTV. Yeah, there used to be so many like avenues for smaller bands to just like get well paid and played, but you know, but there aren't. I don't know. I wonder. I wonder for MTV how because like I imagine it was still pretty. I'm trying to find the words to say what I would say. I I think there was still like all those bands were major labels. Like they were kind of marketed like they were super punk or you know yeah. indie but at that point they had like major label backing yeah i always wonder like what what kind of change like i it, the simple answer might be it's way cheaper for them to run a show like ridiculousness instead of like probably paying artists you know so it's probably something as simple mm-hmm. as that but i don't know like what happened in culture for everyone to shift from even if it isn't rock-based music, it's like, why isn't like music in every TV show like it used to be, TV show or MTV or whatnot? Yeah. Mm, I don't know if we could say that for TV shows, but like certainly for MTV, like why, why, why isn't MTV, especially with people just like being home, you think it would kind of make sense to try to show music, to show yeah. them uh, just that's why music videos exist it's i think that the the fall of mtv also has like led to this like depreciation of the art of the music video uh and i, I you know i think uh, like a music video is such an opportunity for a musician to you know create more worlds through their music and it's just not something that is done as much today it feels or maybe it is yeah i guess a, I lot mean, of, a lot of bands still make music videos yeah i guess it's like all on like youtube or whatnot i mean but it's but for someone like i know from growing up like having a similar experience like not living near a major city it was i had to like figure out like when headbangers ball was on or something and then like mm-hmm. try and tape like put in like a vhs tape and like tape it so that i could capture like one video you know <laughs> And that's, you don't have to do that anymore. Like, you know, if you wanted to see a Yeah, Yeah, Yeah's video, you would just probably watch MTV all day. Yeah, I would just like have to, I would have to wait for MTV to play it for me to see it. Like YouTube didn't exist at this point. There was no, I, I couldn't, I couldn't see an artist and then be like, oh, let me, let me take out my phone. I keep, I keep feeling I feel I sound like so grandma you when I talk about this, but like it really is true. I had to I had to wait for MTV to show it to me again. Yeah. <laughs> so like everything that I watched kind of became this mystery of like, oh, who who is this? Like if you miss the intro, that said you have to you just have to wait. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think about it in terms of like there's like movie trailers that just pop in my head and then I'm like was that a real movie? Like, I, I didn't, I don't have any way of like knowing, you know? So like, yeah, like music too. It's like, well, I guess I'll never hear that song again. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. Uh, but I guess luckily to bring it back to, yeah, yeah, yeah. As you didn't have that experience with them, you were able to be a fan. And did you like, I, uh, to be honest, and I'll probably cut this part out. I don't know a whole lot about, and I tried purposely not to, I didn't want to be like the authority on yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't know like their whole career, you know. You want me to be the professor? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I know. I know, I know that they were 
at least Karen and maybe one of the other ones was like a student at Oberlin College. And then they maybe moved to New York together. And they if like they financed the that record themselves. Um, I don't know. I'm definitely not a historian. Like I don't Yeah. I'm not sure what to tell you. I always get like tied to something weird about like the facts of it, but when I saw like the Oberlin College thing, I'm always like, why is the Oberlin College connection always something, uh, some connection for people that end up moving to like New York City or bigger cities? Like maybe I just don't you, understand. Once you like live in high school, live in Ohio as like a 18 to 22 year old, you get like really big aspirations for the world. And you're like, mm. I got to go to the city where things are happening. I've been in Ohio for four years. Mm. That's my guess. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, is Oberlin College like a, I don't know, traditionally like, I guess we'll say like liberal college that kind of leads people? I guess I don't know a lot about it. I think, I think it's like a very liberal college in what I imagine is like a pretty, like I, I bet the immediate town is pretty, if we have to break it down to like blue and red, I bet it's like pretty blue, but the surrounding, like right outside is, is probably pretty red. Uh, what do you feel like like in yeah yeah yes has it had a direct influence on like how you write music or approach things I wish I wish I could write a fucking song like them <laughs> like I, Nick Zinner is just like one of the like absolute guitar god the way that he it, I, it's like just it's such riff based music too like I definitely like love a riff so much and so I think it's definitely had that effect on me that I want I've like I'm always I'm searching for that that playable riff but he also experiments so much with with pedals and amps and you know he's he's like this technological guitar wizard and I feel so archaic when I play it like it, it feels like this like really like primal like neanderthal way to make music in this weird way but then he like he he modernizes it and he adds like technology to it which heightens it to places that rock music like usually doesn't go um i think that's why they're mostly called art punks because Mm -hmm. there is something that that they like have really are one of those bands that successfully created their own sound and that is such a rare thing for artists to do yeah, I think when I, when I was first listening to this, I was very surprised that it was like so riffy. Mm-hmm. So that like I, I feel like the same way. Like, just my brain is like a riff or a hook, and that's like mainly like sometimes when I think about this era, like no slight on the Strokes, and I don't really mean them, but sometimes I feel like I struggle to find the riff in it. Like it's not meaty enough for me sometimes. Like I, w- I would disagree about the Strokes with that because I think the Strokes actually are a pretty riffy band. Yeah. Uh, maybe more so in like the bass lines. Mm-hmm. They're in- they're they're intricate. I think. Yeah, but it, it makes me think of just like, I don't know, just like the first time as a kid I heard like ACDC or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like it, yeah yeah yeah. It's weirdly enough, like has that sort of like you were saying like just Neanderthal type thing that just like. I'm just like I'm in. Oh no, I I don't see them as being like Neanderthal. I see myself as being a Neanderthal trying to play the guitar when like Nick Zinner is playing a guitar like that. Yeah, but I mean, even still though, I feel like they have like I guess there is something primal. 
primal is the better word. Yeah, yes. definitely. It's it's yeah. primal. Yeah. But even sometimes like when I hear like thin Lizzie, like I wish it were like meteor, you know? Definitely. I totally <laughs> like, yeah. agree. Totally like agree. I'm just like I love it but it's like it's like give those guys like me... a distortion or a fuzz pedal yes. or something everything's a little too clean but this yeah like yeah 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 is, is like <gasps> like it's just oh, perfect so so Dave level. Sitek Dave Sitek he's like a dream producer of mine to work with would be because he's the one who produced this record and he was in TV on the radio which, um, I don't know if you ever really listened to TV on the radio but also great band with some like I love, I think those records are great. Um, yeah. But uh, uh, yeah, he, anyway, he produced this with them and it is so, there's something gritty, but it, everything is clear that's happening. It's just this perfect balance to me of like, you can understand what she's saying and not everything that Karen Note says, I think makes sense, but it always sounds cool. Like, I just believe everything that she's saying. And then you add that with like the drums, which are so like jazzy in certain ways. It's not like four on the four mm. basic rock drumming. It is Brian Chase. It's like him creating his own drum language new, like for a rock band. It's it, it, like what I, I feel so like hyped up when I talk about this band because they are another example of a band where you could, for a fan of the band, I could spend like an hour talking about their individual contributions. Like it is, it's a collective, you know, and it's like, it's a real band. And I think that's something that we're losing a lot of is like real bands or groups of people who work together to create music. And we're really going the solo artist route of like what music is in, in recent, you know, like modern music history, I think. Yeah. I guess in that regard though, like, what is your spiel about uh, Brian Chase that you think, since you were saying you could speak about an hour on each person? Oh, don't test me on that. <laughs> don't. <I'm, laughs> um, I mean, Brian Chase, I think, is just like one of the greatest, uh, one of the greatest rock drummers. Yeah. And I don't think he gets enough attention for, for what an incredible drummer he is. Yeah, I think drummers that don't tend to be four on the floor drummers sometimes don't get that respect you know it's like if you're kind of like in between like the four four on the floor kind of rock drummer and then I guess the far end far end would be someone that identifies as like a jazz drummer you know the people mm. that are tastefully doing more I don't know if your average person might pick up on that so I feel like they get kind of like overlooked you know I'm just I guess I'm agreeing with you about Brian Chase like I think he's doing I think I think Brian Chase is like the only person I've ever punished and I was like trying so hard not to but I couldn't because when we played with them I really felt like this major celebration and so did um me and uh two of the other members of the band I'll just say that just because we all decided to take acid and we're like oh my okay we're just gonna do it so we like dropped right before we played it's like the only time I've ever done that had such a fun show um and then watch them play and then like backstage I talked to Nick Zinner about how he made me want to play a Stratocaster guitar which is true because he plays a Strat yeah and I'm all about Strat love and then I never saw Karen and I wish I it, like breaks my heart that I never did 
but I did see Brian Chase and I told him probably some of the things I've told you in this where I'm like, you guys are like my favorite band like you may want to start a band and he was like oh wow like and I knew I knew what I was doing to him because like I I have had people do it to me and I know I if it's very difficult to have a, a com it's not a conversation when someone is just complimenting you you yeah. know you know what I mean and so I was just like but in my mind I was like <laughs> you know I was like already spaced out and so just like feeling like the beat beauty of it all and I just like wanted wanted to wanting to tell him like how great I thought he was and that makes yeah. people uncomfortable sometimes <laughs> I have I have two different points from there so we can do like a choose your own adventure thing um so either we talk more about playing a strat or we talk about the term art punk so we're oh, going to talk, talk about, about art punk okay uh one thing I guess I'll say in relation to yeah 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 is I feel like art punk when I see that it, it almost makes me not want to listen but that's it's like this like me being like 15 years old again okay like as 15 years old I wouldn't have wanted to because I feel like it's saying more than I'm actually getting you um, just you just wanted punk when you were yes yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah so it's sort of this lizard brain that's like art <laughs> punk you know and then I'm like what are you even <laughs> like what are you fighting against like <laughs> like uh but that that term itself like when I think about yeah 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 it's like I was when I listened to this record like it was more straightforward than I I thought a term like art punk would have led me to believe but punk is in there because punk is straightforward yeah you know what I mean it's like it is it is high concept but it's also primal in the way that punk is like this I don't know it's not their fault it's it's essentially around that time every marketing bad <laughs> local band that called themselves art punk oh is more of my issue but i but I, I blame things that started the term i wish people would call my band art punk i feel like that that's like my i'm realizing that like that this is my new like aspiration i mean as an adult <laughs> I need to yeah, as, yes, oh. <laughs> yeah yeah this is this yeah. is my problem and i know that i need to be better than this um so so as as a person of my age now I don't really have any problem with it but it's okay. the lizard brain like 15 year old 15 year old yeah that's you know wearing like jinkos and a double xl <laughs> no effect shirt has a problem with it yeah, yeah. and I'm not that person now but it, it can be hard some days mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. um so I guess like what what other bands around this time would you have called would you have called the strokes an art punk band or what else i feel like i would just call that band a rock band um but they are they are high, highly artistic i what i once there's a, a crazy website it's just like it's so wonderful and wild um about like strokes illuminati.net and someone has done like a lot of deep dives into how like a, a lot of their imagery that they use are like, actually Illuminati symbols. Like th this person presents some compelling points. There are, but I, I, don't, I don't, I don't care. Like I, I'm like, okay, good job. Yeah. It's that's, that kind of creates like a weird conversation. I've seen some, I don't know anything about this, but recently I saw a picture of, um, this is really showing how I don't listen to strokes enough. 
Julian um, Casablancas. Yes, but recently, actually, okay. yes, uh, re- recently, within like the last year, Strokes were playing. I was like, what is this? This is awesome. And so I'm almost like the Strokes, like, why the fuck did you ask? And I'm like, oh, damn, I really fucked up. Like, the that's like what I'm saying. The Strokes are awesome. The Strokes are awesome. We're talking about the AES right now, so it is a little blasphemous to talk about the Strokes. But <laughs> if, if you have not actually, like, gotten into the Strokes, their first two records are absolutely flawless. There is not a song on them that is you should ever skip over. It is, like, playthrough records. Albums three through five no but their most recent record actually i think is also very good yeah they put out a record last in 2020 yeah they were like one of the few bands that did well they played on uh snl and even that i was like wow strokes were a lot better than i ever gave them credit for i think i think for the same reason that you're talking about like the art punk thing i think i'll I think a lot of people our age when they were younger thought it was somehow like cooler to not like the Strokes because they are from New York City like all their parents are like obscenely wealthy they all went to like very nice like great boarding schools and like yeah all those things are true but it's also true that they fucking rock and their music is so good and I don't think you should deprive yourself of their music just because like of that but there's so like yeah there's so many people who have said exactly what you've said uh there was a recent picture i think it's like julian casablancas with like donald trump or something like as a as a kid yeah i mean oh that's not surprising yeah that's not that surprising like and then i was like oh yeah he was a you know rich new york kid and so Uh of course they would have been at the same parties but yeah it's hilarious in context you know in hindsight to see you know something (laughs) like that um but i guess then okay so now strats um that's okay um do you feel like people shit on strats too much i don't know i i really (laughs) i really don't know um but i will say that when i started playing a strat in mp a lot of people were like oh strat like you don't really see those a lot anymore. And in my mind, I'm like, what? Like, what are you talking about? You don't see people play strats anymore. And then I started realizing that they were kind of right. Like when I, when I started, you know, like you, you play with like hundreds of fucking bands when you're touring and actively playing shows. And it's like, yeah, they're not a big strat community. What is, can you tell me what it is with strats that I don't know about? It's kind of viewed as like a blues lawyer kind of guitar but that that makes sense for some yeah okay okay yeah and that that's the connotation um <laughs> and i it, love the term blues lawyer yeah <laughs> i yeah, i think it it kind of hit me at a point where i realized that's how younger people viewed it because i like you didn't have that same connotation like the guitarist in late bloomer he plays a strat and i also have a strat i play bass in the band so but i have a strat and i love it uh, yeah i love but, my strat too like i know what sounds the strat can give you you know mm-hmm. um but you know i feel like i'm a strat person <laughs> too yeah i, I do too strats. i really do too oh that's awesome yeah um, Brother. But, it, <laughs> but i but i do know that it's like i think it's coming back 
though. I, I feel like I've seen younger. It definitely kids has, and I've seen more and more people with them. Like when I first started playing music, like ten years ago, I I feel like I heard that a lot more. People say that up until about five years. Well, and like five years ago, I started seeing a rise because like me and Nas, um, we're, we're like a two strat band, and that's what people would say a lot. They're like, oh, you never see a band with two strats in it, let alone one. I've heard, I've heard that too. And I think I can get why people think that um, because they always think like, if you have one strat, then you have to basically have someone like playing a Gibson, you know, to kind of like counter it out or something. Yeah. You know, but I'm it, like, it is a lot of high frequent. It is. Yeah. Yeah. But I think yeah. it's, it's just sort of like, you know, you know how to, if you know how to respond off each other and kind of play off each other, then right. you shouldn't have that issue. If you're trying to like occupy the same lane i could see where that would be you know a thing but i mean mannequin pussy has toured for a year so you're not going to have that issue but you know i don't know i guess i could see what people are talking about but i don't like what they're saying about strats so okay so what i've seen online i guess uh, from this point unless you if you have more to talk about yeah yeah yes um I've seen that you are talking about putting out an EP. Mm -hmm. for I'm not calling it an EP anymore because apparently that's a dead term. Ooh. (laughs) Do you have a new name for it? It's called Perfect. Oh, okay. Uh, Would you call it like a mini album? Is that a better uh, branding? I don't know. I don't know. It's just a bunch of songs. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I feel like bands putting out eps for me personally i feel like i've i checked out so many eps last year because so many oh, bands did like singles um and so i was like well that seems like a good thing to do right now it's a five song album yeah album that will never will never press to record i think that's cool though i think that's a great yeah. idea yeah um yeah. are you is epitaph doing that or are you self-releasing it or yes yes epitaph is still putting it out they're still labeled daddy, which is Well, sick. I didn't know if they were like, we don't do many albums. Yet. Oh, they're just, they're hyped. Like, we were like, oh, we just need, we want to fucking put out music so bad. And they're like, okay, awesome. They're like treating it like it's a record. Like, they gave me a, a very nice music video budget to make videos for it. And so like, we're, I mean, we're really like treating it like it's a record, even though, you know, it's. I, I feel like I have never uh, heard five, six, anyone. Seven. It's it's two songs. Sh- it's two songs short of like what people now consider a record. Like it's weird because like yeah. used, it used to be an album was like fifteen songs yeah. and then it was twelve and then it was ten and then it kind of became seven. So now I'm saying it's five. Mm. That's a good idea. <laughs> like if we're, if we're gonna keep cutting it down, like now it's five and whatever. Yeah, I well. It's it's very much like a pandemic project. I will say that mm-hmm. it's because it turns out it's like kind of complicated to get together you know, during a, a pandemic, like there are a lot of things go into it. Um, but we just kind of put everything we felt from last year, like, and just five songs came out of it. Yeah. Yeah. We did a lot of, uh, we did a lot of, I got really into trying to record myself and then like trading files and, you know, and figuring out, that's, probably assuming that that's what you all did or you know we would try and get together if we felt like it could be safe but it, it's we tough, just went into know? the studio and wrote like the and wrote three of the we wrote three of the songs in the studio as soon as we got together it was like 
it was like the easiest thing I've ever done. It was, it was crazy to write three songs that quickly. Um, and I think part of why it was also cause like Will, Will Yip was there. So he oh, was okay. just like chilling in the room while we were playing things and we like start working out things. And then, you know, he, he's a man who definitely can, I think like see, see the, the end before like he's even heard all the instructions sometimes like he, he's really good at like piecing things together and that's always how we've been as a band is like we call it like frankensteining the riff like oh yeah. i've got a riff for this you've got a cool riff for that boom together um and then the, the first song was a song i st started working on maybe like two months before we started the patience touring and so it was like still kind of being like worked out um but then it kind of had this like weird like it, it kind of in, in no way am I saying it like foresaw the pandemic but some of the, the what the song was about ended up being like so much more hyper real than like how I even felt at the time because like at the time I was like I feel like I'm I'm stuck in my room just like waiting for the world to start like I was just so an, so antsy to like go out in the world and like perform this record I was so proud of and I started yeah. writing this and then I ended up being stuck in my room for a year counting yeah. or almost a year now yeah we'll see and then the last song is like a song that I wrote five years ago that like has just been around and it seemed like the right time to to fully realize it yeah I think I feel like I've never heard anyone say anything bad about being on Epitaph and I'm not looking for dirt or <laughs> no, anything, but it I, seems I, like an awesome, honest... I tried to find dirt. I asked as many, <laughs> I tried, I talked to as many artists as I possibly could who were on Epitaph and be like, yo, do you like Epitaph? And in every instance, they're like, yeah, they're the fucking best. And I will, I will also say it like they are the fucking best. Like they, they believe in making art and like creating things. And they they see their the musicians they work with as as people who have like visions to to do things and they're very into that. Yeah, I mean that's sick to hear because I mean I just with every <laughs> label these days you know it's like I don't hear dirt on them so you know yeah sick. me neither <laughs> it's so it's so nice <laughs> don't even have anything else to say about it um, I am <laughs> happy for you to be on Appetite. Uh, Thank you. Yeah. So we will now, if you allow me to, I will ask you about liking fish. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I, I want to be, I have, I have really complicated feelings about fish. I don't, I don't think that I like them, but I respect them. I, I respect them and like disclosure, I have like been 16 and 17 and taken drugs and seen them in concert. That sounds awesome. Yeah, uh, like, but like they, they for me was like I, I wanted to take psychedelics so badly, but I didn't know where to get them. And I was talking to a friend kind of about it, and they're like, "Oh, well, if you like go to a fish show, they're just like everyone's just selling it." Um, and I listened to, so I, I actually listened to. There's only one fish album that has like lyrics and is under an hour. <laughs> um, like Billy Breeze. And is that what some, it's called? It's called Billy Breeze. And like there's some pretty songs on there. They're like yeah. there really are. There's some like songs that maybe feel emotional, but like they're they'll never play those songs live. All their songs uh -huh. live are like literally 25 minute jams on songs. But um it's a really safe place.
place to experiment with with drugs yeah <laughs> i feel like when i've seen videos of and a very um, happy like community like i've never seen anyone like fight or get into you know like a fist fight with each other like the it's you know they cultivate that, a vibe for sure yeah that i mean that sounds nice <laughs> yeah <laughs> like i don't when I think about like liking fish, like sometimes I'm like, I should go all in. Like when I think about like, like Frank Zappa, like I have friends that swear mm -hmm. by Frank Zappa and they're like, nah, you got to listen to it. And I'm like, my life is fine how it is. I feel like it's just going <laughs> to like, like change my life in a way that I don't know. Like it's sort of a, just a door that I don't know if I'm, a, uh, I should open at this point in my life. You know. I think like I, I think if you had the opportunity to like go see them if you have like a friend in your life who really loves them and they've ever invited you to a fish show like especially with the advent of like if shows one day come back that might be a very fun thing to experience mm -hmm. um you might completely hate it but um actually fish likes mannequin pussy oh sick there yeah. is they have a like an official spotify playlist of all the music that they play in between sets uh -huh. at their shows and there's like five mannequin pussy songs on it and yeah. the the drummer fishman has a that's where they got the name fish it's from the drummer fishman is that his real name yeah but like fish with a fishman okay. with an f i think yeah um he has like i guess like a serious xm playlist and um, I have a friend from Connecticut, of course, and she's like a huge fish head. And she texted me to be like, oh, my God, like Fishman's playing you on the radio right now. They, someone <laughs> in that band had to have like grown up with like punk or something. Definitely. Like everyone in those kind of bands did. You know? Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. Because if you if you get into like Black Flag, there's like one or two ways that it's going to take you. It's going to like take you into liking more aggressive music or it's going to end up taking you to like free jazz bands you know and so then i feel like it's like they probably have like punks in that band like punks in quotes yeah and fish like undeniably i mean if he, if if fish likes manning pussy then i definitely think that they have good taste in music yeah yeah they, they're just like creating their own again they're just like one of those bands that's just been able to like create an a, their own universe like their own subculture well, the reason I kind of bring it up is like, I feel like over the past few years, I've really tried to crack into liking Grateful Dead. Oh. And it's been an experience. And I think they're parallel. They're obviously like parallel. Yeah, things. yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're parallel universes for sure. Yeah. And it's, it's tough, but it's like, <laughs> but there was like the other week I had to like pack up a bunch of records for mail order. And I was just like, just play a Grateful Dead live record. And oh, okay. it was like perfect for that experience. And so I was like, still don't know 100% if I'm a fan. Yeah, you know? I mean, like, but, again, I think I fuck with the dead. Um, yeah. I think aesthetically, someone once told me that they were like the first band to start selling t-shirts at shows. Like they created the t-shirt industry, basically. Yeah. Um, I don't know how true that is, but um, that's something worth fact checking perhaps because yeah. if so that's kind of fascinating to me because that's still today how most artists make like all their money is through merchandising yeah um but uh i like i love american beauty like i could definitely listen to that record but i like fish i have never tried to like really listen to 
like their live catalog. Like that's just so unappealing to me. I would I would never listen to any artist's live catalog. I don't think. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> I don't. I don't think. I can't think of anyone that I do. Do you like Bob Dylan? Um. Yeah. Like I don't. I haven't put him on like since I was in high school. <laughs> yeah. Check out um, Dylan and the Dead if you feel like you like Grateful Dead. Garf, Simon and Garfunkel. I've listened to like live Simon and Garfunkel's. Yeah. Yeah. But what do you think it is about live records that potentially turn you off of it? Um, I don't know. So I'm not. I'm not sure. Maybe this just the sound, mm. or I. I don't know. Maybe I don't like listening to something that feels like I missed out on. I don't know. Records, records feel so personal mm -hmm. in a way. I'm not sure. I'll have to dig with that. Mm, yeah. Uh, maybe you, do you, well, do you like listening to people kind of like jam on things and doing different interpretations of songs? No. <laughs> then that's probably the answer yeah i feel like so many live records are that, <laughs> oh, I don't. Know, then that, yeah. i think that's the answer yeah yeah yeah, yeah. give me the studio version that i know and like i'm i'm good on your 20 minute reinterpretation <laughs> oh but i don't know you're missing out on built to spill live the, oh, okay 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 but, yeah. well I, I i don't think i know a single built to spill album or song mm. But, you know, I can't say anything because I didn't know this record before we started talking. So. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> it's ne you're never like too late to the party, you know? It's oh, like, that's the cool thing about music. Yeah. But I, but sometimes like, I can't remember the list of albums you, you picked, but it was like, mm. sometimes I think I go, oh, I'm going to pick that record. And then I go, no, pick that record because that one's the easier choice. So I, I like to pick the harder choice for me or what I think is going to be the harder choice. And in this case, it paid off. I liked it. Yeah. Good. I'm so glad that you did. I, I love this record so much. It's, it's got so much energy and life in it. And um, yeah, I think more people should listen to it all the time. Do you fuck with like the rest of their catalog or? Yeah. Uh, the next album after this is really good. There's There are some really good songs on Mosquito. I think that's what the third LP is called. And then I feel like they just didn't keep putting out music after that i can't remember other yeah yeah yeah's albums right now I'm oh it's really blitz fast. i i like it's blitz i i did really like their their more they like when they went heavier into electronic music because oh, okay. like, as someone who also plays like guitar based rock like i am bored of it like i, I can't i cannot imagine making music and not eventually incorporating more electronic elements um there's just only so much i think a single person can say with a guitar bass and drums before mm -hmm. you are ready to open up your world you know yeah. like especially as you like learn more about uh, the the craft of songwriting and, and storytelling and, and building these visual worlds like why would i keep using the same tools again and again yeah i think I mean, I totally agree. I feel like people in guitar rock bands should definitely be like more open to it. You know, I think they think that it's like if they 
put any electronic elements in their band they're just a completely different band but from the outside it's like you're still basically the same band yeah you're just you know expanding your palette you know I wish people kind of like looked at it like that more than like this is where I have to live 100% of the time now you know <laughs> you know like it's like just a door you can't ever like close that you're just like techno or something <laughs> I don't I don't know what people think but it seems like an inversion yeah you know, people to... people take genre just like too fucking seriously yeah yeah people need to calm down <laughs> like yeah i think it's like, just music <laughs> since i assume when you write me like you were basically saying it um you essentially collaborate with the same people so mm -hmm. it's like in a degree no matter how heavy you go into electronics i would say if you're working with the same people basically it's still a mannequin pussy so you know i i say explore yeah yeah yeah. 15 year old me might not agree with that, but <laughs> my age, I, I say go for it. Yeah. Our 15 year old selves, they would disagree with a lot of what we, we said today, maybe. Yeah. Uh, so where can people find you online if you want them to do that? Right where they think they can. <laughs> I'm on all the things. I'm even on TikTok now. Ooh. Uh, how's yeah. that going? Oh, TikTok's great. I think it's like, I, th I think I think it's both like one of the more dangerous algorithms that exists in terms of how quickly it is to like fall into the endless scroll and you become like kind of zombie like. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, there is a lot of really cool shit on there that's like really funny and informative and people creating a lot of art and music. And you know, for the most part, people are really nice and supportive in a way like people are not shy about saying like oh i love this you know as mm -hmm. i think in maybe other platforms they would be they like if they like something would they would not stop to interact with it they would just be like oh like they would very like passive but tiktok yeah. is is like feels really like hyper interactive in that way like it's so it's so so dangerous but like i yeah. love it like fish and frank zappa it's really just something that i'm kind of scared to just open that door and i don't have like any aversion like i think it's like you know like you'll hear like kind of boomer ass people being like oh it's bad for kids or stupid and it's like you know boomer shit yeah you know, i've like, learned a lot of great things yeah. on tiktok yeah my, my wife has tiktok uh is that so old saying that um but my wife loves it and just kind of like watching some of the stuff and you know i see the greatest hits that yeah. end up going yeah, on yeah, twitter yeah, yeah. and i think it's great it's like vine but people are dancing you know mm -hmm. so i'm like cool that's i liked vine so i like tiktok you know but yeah i don't really know where i was going with that but um i so you're like you're, you're kind of get it, getting into it by way of your wife yeah and i feel like that's just enough i think more so i'm commenting on just i'm already on social media too much so <laughs> yeah you have to yeah you gotta like really pick yeah like i and, haven't posted anything on tiktok in probably like over a week because i've just been like really busy with other things but i kind of miss it i'm scared of <laughs> algorithms too and i know that makes me sound 100 years old um, but my fear of it is, for example, um, I told someone at some point, I was like, Jordan Peterson sucks. And then they were like, why does Jordan Peterson suck? And Who's that? he's just some like right wing shitty dude. 
Um, okay. And I, I just said, like, it was just like, I feel like I can say with authority Jordan Peterson sucks. And then they were like, why? And then I was like, oh, shit, I guess I need to, like, learn more about why. So I went on YouTube and I watched, like, basically Jordan Peterson sucks videos. But at the end of watching a few of them and understanding kind of like how I could support saying that, it started just suggesting me Jordan Peterson videos, not anti-Jordan Peterson. So then I'm like- Dangerous algorithm shit, yeah. Yeah, then it's like- Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then this was the point where people were like still staying at my house and whatnot. And a lot of my friends will pull up YouTube. So then I was like, they're going to fucking think I like Jordan Peterson or like Ben Shapiro. And it's like- Well, this is a good lesson (laughs) for you not to tweet things before you know more about them. Yeah. So I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to school, I'm going to scold you and a a lesson to all the, what do you call viewers for a podcast? You know, listeners, to all the listeners of this, don't repeat these mistakes. It's why, it's why we're in like a technological like war zone right now. Yeah. I mean, I think that is a good lesson. Like if you like try and have some information before you try and speak on like an authority on something, you know? Yeah. Like, even if ultimately it does. Even if it's so casual, like this guy sucks. Like, yeah. That could and really I was, just be, like, I feel like I was right, but I needed <laughs> to know why I was right. You know? Yeah. I, I yeah, think yeah, that's yeah. great. Yeah. yeah. Um, I did, before I let you go, I did mm-hmm. have to mention, it's not really a question or anything, but I think it's really awesome that Jason Manzukas has taken such a big liking to Mannequin Pussy. I think it is awesome too. Like I've listened to so many episodes of How Did This Get Made where it felt like longer than the cycle that he was like, they were like, what are you listening to? It was Mannequin Pussy. It and it was, was many episodes. I so. really hope that he likes our new music. I'll be so, I'll be so sad if like we put out these songs and Jason Manzugas never talks about us again. But I, I'm afraid of that across the board because like Drunk 2 very much, I think is a lot of MP. It, it brought a lot of new fans into our life, that song. And so... I am um, afraid that they'll never like another one of our songs. So thanks for taking the time to speak with me. I appreciate it. Oh, yeah. I'm so happy that you, uh, you have reintroduced the AES into your life now. there we're secret jocks podcast three musicians who became even better friends through the love of nba basketball catch us every tuesday and friday recapping the past week of nba hoops and talking with other artists who share the same passion for the game from the tour van to the hardwood secret jocks podcast welcome back thanks again to missy for coming on the pod another note if you're listening to this on 322, the Monday it comes out, then Mannequin Pussy has a new single out tomorrow for their new release aptly titled Perfect. If my intel is right, then the whole thing will be out in May on Epitaph Records. So excited about new tunes. Okay, next week I'm chatting with Caleb Cords of the band Sinai Vessel. They released a new LP last year called Ground a Swim. If you want my honest opinion, it's their best album to date. So please check it out. We are talking about Tom Petty's greatest hits, which I said is not an album. But Caleb said it 
definitely is. So more on that next week. And like I said, at the top, check us out on Patreon and follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Tell a friend and rate and review the pod wherever you do that kind of thing. Thanks as always to Sarah Blumenthal for producing the pod and Pretty Maddie for the theme. On that note, hit the theme! <laughs>